Now, our reading today comes from uh, Galatians. We're back in our series in Galatians today, having had a wee break uh, last week, but we're looking at Galatians 3 and verses 1 through to 14. And the NIV is entitled, uh, Faith or Works of the Law. So Galatians 3 and verses 1 to 14. Let's listen for the word of the Lord. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God And it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God. Because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Amen. God will bless his reading from his holy word. Let's just pray together before we look at God's word. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the way that you have revealed yourself to us. That you've revealed yourself to us in the Lord Jesus, who is the living word. And we pray that as we look at your written word today, that you would give us understanding, that you would inspire our hearts, and you would give us soft hearts, ready to receive from you. So, Father, meet with us. Today we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are a sports fan... You will be looking forward to this summer. Euro 2020, delayed a year because of COVID-19, has already started. And for the first time 
in over 20 years, Scotland will be taking part and will be playing tomorrow night. And then this is followed by the Olympics, which look like they're going to go ahead in Tokyo, followed by the Paralympics. So there's lots for the sports fan to look forward to, and Wimbledon as well coming up as well. Now, I realize that not everyone is a sports fan, and perhaps you're sitting here this morning thinking, oh, I hope the weather's good so I can be out in my garden so I don't have all this sport that spoils all the, the television schedules. But the fact is that there are some sports we probably enjoy and others which we can take or leave. Some of the sports, you know, I really like football, I like rugby, I like watching the athletics. Um, there are two sports I've never really got on with. The first is cricket. I've never really understood cricket. I have no real interest in cricket. I have no inclination to play cricket, especially uh, on the west coast of Scotland. Not much opportunity. And whilst I don't mind watching golf, playing it is quite another matter. I once got round a golf course in 67. That sounds good, doesn't it? Unfortunately, there were another 100 strokes in front of that. 167 on a par 70. Pretty shameful. I'm not much good at golf. Now, I'm sure that a lot of my golfing friends out there will know lots of phrases and sayings that are to do uh, with golf. And one I heard fairly recently was this. It's not how you drive, it's how you arrive. Have you ever heard that one before? It's not how you drive, it's how you arrive. Meaning, I think, that whilst hitting a long drive from the tee might look great, it's really how you get the ball in the hole that's the important thing. You see, it's your short game, it's your putting that really makes the difference. Now, this morning we're continuing our series in Paul's letter to the Galatians, and we're continuing to think about faith versus the the works of the law. Now, in our passage today, Paul has some harsh words for the Galatians. Perhaps you, you noticed that at the beginning of the reading. There were all these rhetorical questions that were uh, placed upon each other. And Paul has some harsh words for the Galatians because they're in danger. They're in danger of starting well, but then finishing badly. It's almost as if they've, they've started with a good drive, but then their putting game is hopeless. You see, Paul had come to Galatia and had preached the gospel, the gospel which is the gospel of grace. But now, with all that has been happening, with some coming to the Galatians and saying, you know, faith in Jesus is not sufficient, that more is needed, that the Galatians needed to be circumcised, that they needed to follow uh, food laws, they're in danger. They're in danger of not finishing well. And we've seen in Galatians already, Paul has gone through his own testimony to, to show that he, he truly is an apostle sent from God. That these other people who are accusing him of being false are, are wrong. And he's clearly set out the fact that it isn't the law that saves. It's grace. And we can only be saved by putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. There is no other way. 
And what we find Paul doing today at the beginning of chapter 3 is saying to the Galatians, look, you started really well. You started by trusting in the Lord Jesus. You experienced the Holy Spirit. But now, your head's been turned. You've begun trying to follow the law. And Paul's trying to say to them, and you can, you can sense Paul's exasperation, can't you? He's basically saying to them, why are you, why are you doing this? You started by means of the Spirit. Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And Paul's trying to work out why there's been this, this change with the Galatians. And he's trying to appeal to their experience. Because it's through faith that their life has been changed. It's through faith that they've received the Holy Spirit. It's through faith that they've seen miracles happening. And yet now, they've moved towards trying to fulfill the law instead. Which Paul is trying to say isn't even second best. Because it isn't the way to salvation at all. And why he's so exasperated here is that the Galatians are in danger. They're in danger. And so what Paul is saying here is asking the question as to why. When the Galatians have experienced the goodness of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, that they've now changed. And they're trying to find salvation another way. And so often, actually, this can be the same for us, can't it? You see, if we're a Christian, we know that salvation comes from believing and trusting in Jesus. We know that we are saved by faith alone, in Christ alone. Our hope is found, as the hymn says. And yet so often, if we're, we're honest with ourselves, we, we can revert back to a mindset which is legalistic. And though we don't say it in so many words, really it's about trying to earn our salvation. And this was the trap that the Galatians fell into. We must be wary too. Because when we have truly experienced the grace of God, we know that it is life-changing, don't we? Of course we do. We know that the grace of God sets us free. We know that it's the cross that brings forgiveness. We know that it's the resurrection that brings us life. We know these things, don't we? But so often, we can backslide, fall into legalistic ways, trying to earn our salvation, when actually we, we can't do that at all. You see, through the food laws and circumcision, the, the Galatians were now trying to earn their way with God. And this is clear from verse 7 through to 14, where Paul brings in Abraham. You see, those who have, who have come in, the Judaizers, and who have said that Paul's gospel is not an adequate gospel, are clearly trying to say that Gentile believers need to follow Jewish rules to truly have faith. And it seems that those who have infiltrated have been saying that if the Galatian believers truly want to be children of Abraham, 
but they need to follow these laws. But Paul shows that first and foremost that Abraham himself was not a man of law, he was a man of faith. And he quotes Genesis 15, 6, where it says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And Paul goes on to say that those who have faith are children of Abraham, including the Gentiles, and that Scripture foresaw this. You see, the children of Abraham are not those who just keep the law. It's actually those who have faith. And then in his argument, Paul goes on to show again that the law doesn't save. Indeed, those who are under the law are under a curse, according to Scripture, and that no one who lives by the law is justified before God. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming the curse. He died on the cross, referred to as the pole here in Galatians, and he redeemed us. And Paul concludes his argument here with the crucial bit in verse 14, the last verse of our reading, where he says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. You see, Paul is trying to to tie everything together showing that the the Gentiles coming into the kingdom was part of salvation history, part of the promises given to Abraham, and that those promises were fulfilled in Jesus. And it's all to do with faith. It is by faith that we receive the Spirit, not by works of the law. And for us, This is so important for us to realize. You see, throughout our study in Galatians, we've been laboring the point again and again and again, as Paul has, that salvation is about grace. It's about grace. It's about grace. It's not about works. It's not about being a good person. It's about grace. And it's believing and trusting in Jesus that brings salvation and nothing else. Nothing can be added. Nothing needs to be added. Sometimes in our pride we think, you know, I could just be a, you know, earn my way with God. We revert to that mindset, don't we? Not realizing that on the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sin, paid for our salvation, the whole lot. Nothing needs to be added. Only faith in Jesus can save. Everything else isn't sufficient because no one can be justified before God by their keeping of the law because none of us can keep it perfectly, can we? Only Jesus could. And that's why we need him. He alone is our redeemer. So let's not be like the Galatians who've lost their way and who are turning their backs on the the only way to salvation. They've had their heads turned. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do the next thing. They're trying to keep the law. 
Let's not be like that. You see, as I said at the beginning about golf, it's not how you drive. It's how you arrive. And sometimes we can start well, but we can fade away. Perhaps that's a bit like the seed that landed among the rocky soil in Jesus' well-known parable of the sower, where, where the plant begins to grow well, but then it dies away. Let's not be like that. Let's always be found trusting in Jesus. You see, I wonder if you noticed in the first three verses of our reading that twice Paul calls the Galatians foolish. Why does he do that? It's quite a strong word, isn't it, if you call someone foolish? I guess to some extent that Paul is frustrated. You see, when you've experienced the presence and the power of God, when you have experienced salvation in Jesus, why would you settle for anything less? Why would you? It makes no sense. And yet, so often we do, don't we? Infinite joy is offered to us in Jesus, and yet so often we're we're tempted away. Tempted to live our own way. Tempted to to try and earn our salvation with God. Trying to earn our way with God. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. It's unconditional love given to the undeserving. What a wonderful truth that is, isn't it? Unconditional love given to the undeserving. Who deserves it? None of us. We're all in the same boat. None of us good before a holy and awesome God. And yet he showed us love in Jesus. And he gives it to us. That we might know hope and life and wholeness and joy. You see, it doesn't matter who we are. We are all saved by grace. We're children of Abraham. We're redeemed by Jesus. And we receive the Holy Spirit. Being a good person can't do that. It can't save you. can't make you a child of Abraham. can't give you the Holy Spirit. The law can't do that. It's not sufficient. Nothing else is. It's grace alone. And so I ask you today, what about you today? Have you lost your way? Has your drive been good, but your putting terrible? Or are you rejoicing in this God of grace who sent Jesus for your salvation? And all you have to do is to put your faith and trust in Jesus. That's it. That's not difficult, is it? Sometimes that offends our pride, doesn't it? Oh, if only I could earn my way. You know, I want to, you know, sometimes you're at a restaurant and, you know, someone says, you know, I'll pay the bill. And you feel, oh, you know, I should be paying my part. Sometimes it's like that with God. You know, I can't let you do the whole thing. You know, I can pay my wee share. But God's paid it all. The full price. Everything. That you might come 
Because he wants you to come. He wants you to come to be with him forever and ever and ever. See, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. Became the curse that we might receive what? That we might receive the blessing that was promised to Abraham. Today, may you know that blessing. May you know the blessing of being in Jesus. May you experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life as you trust in Him. May you know joy, deep peace. May you know what Jesus has done for you. You see, it's all of grace, the unmerited favor of God to undeserving people like us is unconditional love. Can you sense why Paul is frustrated? He sees these Galatians and he says, look, what are you doing? Are you nuts? Are you crazy? You're trying to earn your salvation. There's no power in it. There's no joy in it. There's no love in it. There's no way to heaven through it. He says, why? I showed you the way. It's in Jesus. For us today, whoever we are, do we truly believe that Jesus is the way of salvation? Do we truly believe that he is the way of blessing? Do we truly believe that through Jesus we receive the Holy Spirit? Maybe you look back in your life and you realize, you know, I knew times I was close with God. When I experienced the power of God in my life, I want those days again. How do I do that? I believe and trust in Jesus. That's what I do. So I call to you today, if you're not a Christian, don't try earlier to earn your salvation. Put your trust in Jesus. But if you are a Christian today, let's not be distracted. Let's not go trying to earn our salvation. Let's come back to the cross, understanding what Jesus has done there. Let's come back and understand it's all of grace. And let's put our faith and trust in Christ. Because when we do, we know the blessing that was promised to Abraham. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, as we read uh, your word to us this day, we can sense Paul's frustration. He calls these Galatians foolish because they are turning from the way of life and turning towards the path of death. They're trying to earn their salvation, trying to fulfill the law when one has already come who has fulfilled the law, the Lord Jesus. And we ask for forgiveness for those times in our life, Lord God, when we try to earn our salvation, when we try just to, to be a, a good person and to try and earn favor with you, Lord God, we recognize that sometimes we get it in the wrong order. Because it's when we trust and believe in Jesus, then you fill us with your Holy Spirit. And you, cause, you call us to be people who bear good fruit. And so we see that being a good person, to put it in those terms, is a result of our salvation. It's not being a good person 
that brings us salvation. Heavenly Father, we pray for anyone today who feels as though they've lost their way with you, who started well and yet who have turned away, and who don't know your power, don't know your joy, don't know your peace, don't know your blessing. Father, may you turn our eyes back towards the cross to understand that Jesus died on that cross for their salvation, to pay for their sins, past, present, and future, and that he rose again on the third day, that they might experience life. Father, we pray, as we understand that salvation is all of grace, that we truly might know of your blessings, that we truly might know of the power of your Holy Spirit, and that we would be people who are on fire for you. In Jesus' name, amen.